Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on this Wednesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Big story of the day, Big Poppy headed to Cooperstown, Clemens and Schilling, not so lucky. We'll talk about all of it now with Tom Karen, our Red Sox insider over at Ness and TC. Busy night for you last night. You were on TV. You talked to Poppy right after the announcement. What'd you make of the whole night? Well, really happy for him. And, uh, you know, when, when you see a guy who's accomplished what he's accomplished, uh, showing that much genuine excitement, uh, the enthusiasm, the eruption, it, we knew it was going to be close. He knew it was going to be close. Uh, yeah, it was up around 83%, I believe, on, yeah. the, on the public ballots. That tends to drop about 10%, which would have put him under the 75, but it didn't fall that much. But he knew it was awfully close. Uh, and, and so the elation, I mean, just the fifth Red Sox player ever to be uh, uh, elected on his first ballot, Williams and Yaz and Boggs and Pedro, that's incredible company, and it wasn't lost on him. Uh, you know, the bigger point, uh, nationally, uh, as you pointed out, uh, the end of Bonds and Schilling's uh, 10-year run. Uh, so it's it's very interesting where this overall vote has gone, but everybody who watched David Ortiz over the course of his 14 years in Boston, uh, they know what uh, a special guy he was. You know, it's been so hard for me to talk about the steroid era. I've almost become desensitized to talking about the Hall of Fame process, and I knew I would have to this year because of Ortiz. Um, are you a let-everybody-in guy? Are you a let-nobody-in guy? Are you a – I can do some mental manipulation to let yes. in this guy but not that guy? Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. There's no. Yeah, that's where I am. Uh, Yeah, I I let some in. I don't let others. Uh, I don't have a vote, so it's a little easier. Glad I'm not a writer. Glad I'm a broadcaster. I used to rail against not having a vote. (laughs) Uh, I, I, by the way, and I'll I'll go off again uh, because if you watch the Major League Baseball Network special last night, one of the four guys on the panel is Bob Costas, who's never had a vote in his life because he's a broadcaster and (laughs) not a a writer, which is ridiculous. Vince Scully never had a vote. We've seen more baseball than Vince Scully. But anyway, uh, I'm glad I don't have one now. Uh, but I did, a, I did, I did that exercise uh, down here with Rob Radford, who does a lot of stuff with us uh, for a thing he does, a podcast he does, and uh, and and I had six guys in, and to show what a what a hypocrite I am, I had obviously David Ortiz, I had Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in, uh, deciding that I can overlook their connection to steroids because I, for whatever I test I had, felt they were on their way to the hall of fame before they started using whatever they used uh, yeah. when, when, you know, when Barry Bonds was a 175 pounds speed guy with the Pittsburgh pirates. Uh, and then I didn't let a rod and I didn't let Manny Ramirez in uh, because I felt they were, you know, two time, uh, uh, two time, uh, uh, you know, caught uh, using steroids twice uh, for for Manny Ramirez and A Rod. You know, a year ban and then busted again and and upfront yeah. about it all. So whatever line in the sand I've created, I had Bonds and Clemens on one side of it, and and Manny and A Rod on the other side of it. Moving forward, does it get easier, you think, to draw that line in the sand because there are guys coming up now that have been suspended actually by the league? Like I look at it and I think. Ryan Braun, I wouldn't vote for. Nelson Cruz, I wouldn't vote for. Bartolo Colon, I wouldn't vote for. I feel like right now we're in this nebulous zone where it's really hard to figure it out. I think it comes easier for me in the next couple of years. Does it go that way for you also? Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's easier in a lot of ways because it's a new generation of voters who who really started covering the game in the steroid era. 
uh, not, you know, the hardened, uh, wizened, old uh, baseball writers who remember the game when it was clean and, you know, and so on and so forth. So I, I think part of it goes to the changing in the dynamic of the voter. I also think it's going to be really interesting that both Bonds and Clemens will go to, you know, they change the name every every couple of years. It's like the modern era committee yeah. now. Uh, and that's the next committee to vote. It's like a three-year cycle for the old uh, committee, the new committee. And so I, 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 you know, I, they could be put in the Hall of Fame next year by that portion of the Veterans Committee. And if that happened, wouldn't that really open the door now for the voters to say, okay, the veterans are saying these guys can get in. Uh, we don't have to think about that anymore. But if it goes the other way, and it might. I, I know a lot. Yeah, I, I've talked to quite a few Hall of Famers, and, and some of them are very adamant that if you cheated and used PEDs, you should never be allowed in the Hall of Fame. And there might be a bigger belief of that in the veterans group than there is in writers, because these are guys who, you know, if they played the game cleanly, uh, they they feel uh, a personal affront if you're letting in these uh, the, these uh, guys who use PED. So it's, in a lot of ways, I think that the landscape is going to shift dramatically over the next two years when we see what the Veterans Committee does with some of these guys. And, and as we see a new wave of players who came in almost in that second wave of, of the steroid era and in the cleaning up of the steroid era where this all goes. Red Sox and Bruins insider Ines and Tom Karen with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, on Schilling, another Red Sox legend who doesn't get in, I fully believe that he's having his political views, his commentary, his social media held against him. But I feel bad that that's the case for a couple of different reasons. One, it's just unfortunate. But two, it's robbing us of what I think is a really good actual baseball Hall of Fame debate. When I think about Kurt Schilling, I don't think Hall of Famer in my mind. I think, you know, he wasn't the best pitcher on his own team most of the time. Randy Johnson and Pedro were that. And I think of Greg Maddox and John Smoltz and Tom Glavin. And I think of these guys above him. But when you look at the numbers, they're very, very Hall of Fame-esque. But then I don't know if they were Hall of Fame-esque just because of longevity alone and kind of stat compilation. So do you think that Schilling is actually a Hall of Famer baseball-wise? Again, on my imaginary ballot, I voted for him. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the, 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 the postseason numbers are what really change for me. His postseason dominance, whether he was the number two guy on those staffs or not. The one stat that always blows me away with Kurt Schilling, he pitched in five elimination games in the playoffs and was 5-0. and oh. I mm-hmm. mean, that is incredible to take the ball as he did. The bloody sock game alone uh, if he's uh, if he's on the bubble, that puts him over the fence to, to mix up my analogies. But uh, I, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the sad thing about all of this is it's not even really now about his stupidity uh, or, or just his his lack of 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 restraint. Stupidity is a bad word. He's not a stupid guy. So it's just his lack of restraint. Uh, a guy who just uh, can be his own worst enemy. Uh, and so he goes so close last year and and then tells everybody not to vote for him. And and so, listen, he got what he asked for. It's, yeah. it's not often you get what you ask for and then you're upset about it. He asked not to vote him in. They didn't vote him in. Uh, he said, I'll leave it to the Veterans Committee, guys whose opinion uh, I really respect and that guys who, who, who their opinion means something in this game. 
But listen, there's a lot, there's racist undertones to a lot of what uh, he has said over time. So how is that going to affect the Veterans Committee who who has uh, who has now the vote for him? I, I don't know. It's really a sad case because if I can just look at, at Kurt Schilling, the pitcher, uh, it was amazing what he did. And I believe he was a Hall of Famer. Uh, and, and there's no doubt about it. If he had kept his mouth shut, He'd be in the Hall of Fame. I really believe that. Alex Spear disagrees. Alex Spear says he wouldn't have gotten in this year anyway. Said he was still going to fall uh, short. The great uh, uh, Red Sox baseball uh, writer from the Boston Globe, Alex Spear. I, I disagree. I think he would have gotten in. He'd been so close, and no one ever that close didn't get in. I think he would have gotten in this year. But again, he, you know, listen, he lost the ESPN gig because he couldn't keep his views to himself. And now, at least for now, he's kept out of the Hall of Fame uh, because he can't keep his views to himself. You know, back to Ortiz for a second. It was Sam Kennedy last night, I think, who said that David Ortiz is the most important Red Sox player in history. Is that hyperbole or is that true? Well, he's always said that. Uh, That's not a new (coughs) quote from Sam Kennedy. And uh, it's hard to argue. And and it's it's an important distinction. He's not the best hitter. in it. That's Ted Williams. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's, He's not the best player in Red Sox history. Again, probably Ted Williams, maybe Yaz, back to Jimmy Fox. I mean, you know, there's a lot of debate there. But most important, I mean, without David Ortiz, they don't win in 04. Without winning in 04, who knows if they win again. He literally was the most important player on a group, on a team that transformed the very dynamic and and persona of the Boston Red Sox. So if you want to go by that, uh, by that standard, then yeah, I like that. Most important player. Listen, the clutch, uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, the WPA, if you follow the, if you go into deep uh, analytics, wins probability added. It's kind of an attempt to quantify clutch moments. He is the all time leader in postseason WPA, like 3.2. Not that that means anything to anybody, but it's a quantification of clutch. And that means basically in the postseason, there has never been a better clutch hitter than David Ortiz. Hmm. Uh, that's pretty important, right? Yeah, that's pretty important. I think and he's at the top of a lot of postseason leaderboards or, or at or near the top. Um, I'll get you out of here on this. Baseball has met with the players the last two days. Um, depending on who you read, it either went really well or really badly. How do you how do you view everything? And are you booking your ticket to Fort Myers yet? It's well. It's for the first time we're starting to lay out some uh, some some scenarios. So that's a nice uh, a nice change of pace. I I don't know if it was really good or really bad. Uh, I I know that they're talking. Okay. So so first and foremost, they've met in person for the first time since December second. Uh, it lasted uh, longer than any meeting since November, uh, and and they met back to back days. Uh, and, and no one has said. You know, I've read all the reaction. No one has said anything yet that tells me they're walking away from the table angry. Nobody's happy because nobody's given in yet. Uh, And it seems to me that they're nibbling on the side issues, approaching the most important ones. And if you're already bickering like this, you haven't gotten the important ones, then that doesn't speak well. But I think the bottom line here is somebody explained it to me is on a deal like this with a deadline looming in in a labor negotiation, you've got to button up the little things first. So that when you have the big fight at the end, when that fight is settled, no one's going to win. There's going to be some sort of compromise to get this done. When that fight is settled, 
you are then ready to sign the deal and go on. And the ones that blow up are the ones where you agree on the big thing, but everybody's angry. Now you got to go back inside rooms and button down the small things. And everyone's like, well, screw you. You already got yep. me on that. Yeah. So if you look at it and, and somebody told me that three weeks ago, somebody's who, who kind of is very not involved in negotiations, but he's right in that next group, keeping a close eye. He said, it's not a bad sign. If they're inching forward, inching forward, inching forward, so that when the big fight happens, when it's over, we're playing ball shortly thereafter. And I think it's followed that script so far. So all things considered, I'm happy with the way things have gone so far. Tepidly encouraged is the yeah, – uh, yeah. <laughs> Tepid is not the ideal uh, uh, temperature for, for, for sports. But, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. It's It's been tepid, which is better than – non-existent which is yeah. where we've been for a month so well let's hope you're headed to fort myers soon let's hope we get baseball soon but we do know big poppy into the hall of fame first ballot at the red sox legend going to cooperstown tom karen red sox and bruins insider at nesson tc we'll talk to you again in seven days thanks brady appreciate it